Welcome to Christmas Clatter, the podcast that celebrates everything that makes Christmas special. Join us on Facebook and Instagram at Christmas Clatter Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Clatter Podcast. Email us at christmasclatterpodcast at gmail.com or visit our website at christmasclatterpodcast.com. Hi, and welcome again to Christmas Clatter. I'm Todd Killian. Well, one week from today, it will be Christmas Day. I can't believe it. Seems like this year's been a struggle to get through, and then all of a sudden, it's just about over. <sighs> in a way, I can't wait, and in a way, I really just wish this Christmas season would be a little bit slower. This will be um, our next to last episode of the year. I know I've been releasing episodes on Tuesday. And I was considering releasing a Tuesday episode and a Christmas Eve episode next week. But I've decided to split the difference, uh, so to speak. And I'm just going to release an episode on the 23rd. That will count as my Tuesday normal release and my Christmas Eve release. And that will be the last episode of the year of 2020 for Christmas Clatter. It's been a great year for Christmas Clatter. Seen a lot of growth, a lot of things, changed some things, and we've got some changes coming in the new year, but more on that later. We'll focus on the new year when it gets here. We still have a couple weeks left on that. This episode has a few different things in it. I speak with a friend of mine, Gabe Montgomery, from the Tin Horse Monty YouTube channel. That's a YouTube channel that focuses on fishing. I wanted to talk to him about the using uh, live Christmas trees and conservation, some gift ideas for the fishermen in your life. He shares a family tradition, old family tradition. I don't think they do it anymore. And uh, just a little bit different chat, kind of mix up your holiday uh, content a bit with uh, some fishing talk mixed in with some Christmas talk. After I talk with Gabe, uh, stay and listen some more. I have something special for you guys afterwards. So without further ado, here's my Christmas conversation with Gabe Montgomery. I'd like to welcome in to Christmas Clatter, Mr. Gabe Montgomery. He is the producer of Tin Horse Monty, a YouTube channel that uh, focuses on the uh, fishing and being an outdoorsman and conservation and all that great stuff. If you guys... Uh, are into that thing or if you're not and you want to be uh head over to youtube to the 10 horse money channel and subscribe there'll be a link in the show notes gabe thanks so much for joining us here on christmas clatter hey man appreciate it it's great to be on here and be a part of this show I really enjoy what you're doing and it is the season it is the season one of the reasons i wanted to have you on gabe is uh this year with the pandemic and all this um the sales of real Christmas trees have skyrocketed. I guess people have time now to actually go to the Christmas tree farm and pick out a tree and instead of being at work all the time. And uh, here in a, in a week or so, two weeks or so, those trees need to go somewhere. And uh, there's some great places to put them other than just throwing them in your yard and burning them, which if you live out in the country and don't have uh, anything going on, could be a lot of fun. But there's a lot more useful things we can do and especially helping fish in the, in the environment in that way. Uh, what's some tips you have or, or let people know how, you know, recycling those trees in a wetlands really helps the fish population. 
Yeah, sure. Like Todd just mentioned, uh, my YouTube channel is called The Ten Horse Monty. And I am out on the water at least once or twice a week. And Christmas trees are referred to by fishermen as brush piles. And they're a great attractor. They attract uh, bait fish and they also attract the predator fish, which feed on the bait fish. Um, the reason that they attract the bait fish is because they grow algae and, you know, your shad and your bait fish feed on that algae and your predator fish pick up on that. And they also use that, uh, the, the brush piles or the Christmas trees for ambush points for cover. So they're great areas to check out when you're out on the lake fishing. Um, back to the original question, there's a lot of drop-off points in local towns and communities where you could take and recycle these trees. Most of the time they are going to be in a city park or they're actually going to be in the recycling center. And it's a place that you can just, um, you can probably look up, you can Google it, find out where it's at after a Christmas tree is done. You can take all of your ornaments and your tinsel and your lights and all that stuff off, throw it in the back of a truck or back of a trailer and haul it down there. They'll pile it up. And typically the Department of Conservation has gotten contact with these cities and they know about these recycling centers and they will come over. They'll take care of it for you. They'll put them in um, a lot of community ponds and these local lakes and reservoirs. And they just make really, really great cover for the game fish. It sounds like you can uh, when you're out on, on a, a lake or a pond that you could probably really tell when the you got plenty of that brush pile around in, in the lakes and ponds that probably don't are a little bit more desolate maybe a little harder to fish at times and uh, it's just a great a great thing to do and like gabe said con contact your uh, local government or your local conservation to, to dump them trees off and, uh, and and do that for for yourself and for the environment for the a healthy fish population which is something everybody will want to have and uh, because it's a great sport and it's a it's a great way to get people out and about and when i have i have you here also I've had a lot of questions on, on my uh, Facebook page and things about gifts and things like that for fishermen and guys that like to be out and about. What what are some things you should buy someone that's into fishing if you have no idea what you're doing? Well, that is a tricky question <laughs> because like anything, any hobby, any sport that people are really into, they get kind of finicky in particular about the items that they get. But to keep it kind of general, there, there's probably a few things that um, a beginner fisherman, I'm going to kind of take this, uh, the beginning fisherman route, um, some of the younger kids and stuff that probably don't have the money or a job to buy fishing products um, and rely on people to give them those gifts. One thing that is always exciting when I was a kid, um, I always liked the digital scale. Something that I could weigh my fish on when I caught them, find out how big they are, and it kind of gives you... Uh, a rule of thumb so that three pound fish doesn't turn into a six pound fish um, when you're telling that story. Cause everybody knows that fishermen are notorious for uh, fabricating the size of the fish that they caught. Um, so a Rapala, uh, Rapala makes a pretty good scale. It's, it's readily available in just about any local box store, Walmart Academy, um, Bash Pro shops. That's a really nice gift for the young one in your family for someone who's an adult and is out on the water in a boat, sun gloves. Sun gloves are really something that I've been wearing the last couple of years because we're out there exposed in the sun and we put sunscreen on, but a lot of people forget that their their uh, hands need to be covered up, you know, by um, 
to protect them from the sun as well. So they make a, they're just called sun gloves. They're fingerless gloves. They're real comfortable. They're made out of lightweight material. And that just protects your hands from the sun. If you want to get a little more detailed and get a few lures to try, um, Cumberland Pro um, makes a three-eighth ounce white and chartreuse spinnerbaits on a bullet head. And they also make a quarter ounce Procaster finesse jig. These are two smaller baits that you can catch fish just about any body of water. They're available on Tackle Warehouse. Tackle Warehouse is just a big company that um, sells fishing products. You can also go with some soft plastics, which are um, crawfish or a worm type of product. So Zoom makes a speed crawl on green pumpkin. And then the Util and Plum is what I suggest. And then pick up a pack of three-aught hooks and some quarter-ounce worm mates. And if you want to make it really easy, Tackle Warehouse gift card is the way to go. As you guys can tell, Gabe knows a lot about, about fishing. And uh, Gabe, let's talk about your YouTube channel a little bit. I know it's not really a Christmas channel. It's just a, it's your fishing channel. It's your passion, like my passion's Christmas. How'd you get started with the 10-horse money in fishing and on YouTube? Yeah, Todd, great question. I uh, I originally started this YouTube channel as just kind of a hobby, and it's really grown into something I'm super passionate about. We all have a limited amount of time with family and work, and I this is kind of a way that I can not be on the water but feel like I am on the water. I go out on the lake. I get to fish maybe once a week, twice if I'm really, really lucky. I bring this video footage back to the house and it's something that it's kind of like my alone time at night after the kids went to bed, I kind of sneak back in the office and I pull all this, all these, uh, video up on, on the computer and I sit down and I edit videos and it's, it's kind of a way for me to actually feel like I'm out there fishing. Still, I get to review my days on the water, you know, and it's, it's a great way to teach people, um, about the love of fishing by just experience, you know, I talk through the videos. I kind of try to explain what I'm doing, how I'm catching these fish. And so people that live in the same area in this community and have access to some of the bodies of water that I fish, they're able to go out to these bodies of water and they'll kind of have a head up. They kind of know what to expect, kind of what's going on because they're pretty timely. Um, most of my videos I put up within two weeks. So the the material is fairly fresh. Um, somebody can watch that and they can go out and they can kind of have an idea of what to expect when they're out there on the water. And I'll give you one more thing. This is something that a lot of people ask me. Um, the channel's name is 10 Horse Monty. And people are like, 10 Horse Monty, where did that come from? How did you come up with that? Well, my last name is Montgomery. So as a nickname, people would say, hey, what's up, Monty? So that's where that part comes from. And I fish a lot of lakes that have 10 horsepower motor restrictions. I also fish out of an aluminum boat and in the industry, in the fishing community, that's commonly referred to as a tin boat. Not really sure why, I guess <laughs> aluminum, tin or metal, but it's a, it's tin T-I-N. So the tin horse is kind of a play off the tin boat and the tin horsepower lake. So I put those three together and that's kind of where that came from. <laughs> you know, I always wondered how you got your name and I never asked <laughs> it was just a random thing I, you know i wanted to get this channel going and mm -hmm. i sat there and thought about it you know it's common for somebody just to have their name and then put fishing behind yeah. it say gabe montgomery fishing that's real common mm -hmm. and i thought well i'm gonna try to come up with something a little more creative and and that's what i came up with i kind of got comfortable with it and mm -hmm. it seems to be doing just fine yeah it is it's a great name it's easy to remember kind of catchy it does get your curiosity up it's like 
what's he going to be talking about? So, you <laughs> know, yeah, that that's fantastic. Gabe, I always ask people when they come on the Christmas Clatter to talk about Christmas and things, and I appreciate you coming on and, and helping us out here with this. I always ask them if there's a Christmas tradition or Christmas memory or something like that that they remember as a kid or something they do now. What's something about Christmas that's kind of special to you? Well, you know, I have a story that comes to mind, and it's slightly gruesome, but it's reality. And this is going to be from, I'm going to say the thirties or the forties. And it's the story that my grandmother tells me. Um, they grew up really poor. Um, they were farmers, you know, they made their money from chickens and crops and things of that nature. So back then they didn't have the lavish presence like we have, you know, in, in the modern Christmas era. Um, mm-hmm. it wasn't quite as commercialized and they just didn't have the expendable income like we do nowadays. So an orange or an apple was was a gift that they would commonly get. And it wasn't just given to them. They had to kind of earn it in kind of a creepy way. <laughs> so the story she tells me is um, they would be sitting around the house on Christmas Eve. And it would be dark, of course, because it got dark early. And their uncle would dress up in some sort of a Santa Claus outfit. I don't know what kind of Santa Claus outfit they had back then, but I'm, I'm always picturing like a red plaid flannel shirt or something. And maybe a, he probably had a beard, you know, it probably was, it was uh, the real deal, but he would go outside and he would, he would sneak around the outside of the house and they didn't have air conditioning back then, of course. Um, well, this is in the winter, so I guess it wouldn't matter, but they would have the windows open. So the way they played this was if you wanted a gift from Santa Claus, you had to reach outside and grab whatever gift he had placed in front of the window. And he would hype it all up. He would run around and bang on the windows and kind of scare everybody and they'd be freaking out. So when you thought you were brave enough to receive a gift, you would kind of sneak up to the window and there would be an orange sitting there. And you had to reach out and grab that orange and pull it back into the house before Santa Claus hit your hit your hand or grabbed your hand or whatever. <laughs> and that's that story is always, you know, I, I don't know how fabricated it is, but I'm pretty sure it's a legitimate deal. Um, uh-huh. We have French ancestry um, close to the German border. So I don't know if that's something that they do over there, if that's a common theme from way back in the day. But she's told me that story and I'm like, geez, I I don't know that I'd even want a present if I had to reach out and get hit over the, you know, get hit in the hand by a crazy uncle outside in the dark. That is kind of terrifying, especially if he's a little kid to reach your hand out in the dark and you don't know if uh, you're going to get your hand slapped or not. Some of those old nursery rhymes were pretty crazy like that too yeah they were they we grew up with a very american version of like hansel and gretel little red riding hood and they the original versions are they're a little different yeah they are they are i wonder if that's some kind of bell schnickel kind of krampus kind of thing that kind of got I morphed i don't know i don't know enough about either one off the top of my head to, to let you know but I'm just really happy that I can get up in the morning and the presents are wrapped under the Christmas tree. <laughs> right. That's, that's much, much easier. Yeah. It's much, much, uh, a lot less stress involved. It's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I would like Christmas as much if I had to do that. I'm kind of, I'm kind of a chicken when it comes to that stuff anyway. And, and I don't, I scare pretty easy. So 
that's that's a great story. Uh, yeah, kind of morphing into kind of morphing the two how two holidays together, say Halloween and Christmas, in a yeah. kind of a way. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of scary Christmas stuff. There's a uh, another podcast called Weird Christmas, and they cover a lot of that stuff. It, it's 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 wild. Uh, Craig over there, he does a great job, and and it's not for the faint of heart. I'll tell you that, and it's not for the kiddos either. Not because you know, <laughs> not because of the the vocabulary involved, just because of the subject matters at times and. Sure. But it's, it's interesting to learn, but I'm, I'm glad your grandma kept that story alive for you to, to tell your kids. And yeah. Yeah. Different times back then. It was a lot different. That's great. So you ever go fishing on Christmas day? Uh, I know, you know what, if I do, it will probably be somewhere really close. Fortunately we have a, uh, sometimes I'd like to sneak away for a couple hours just to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a, we live ne- near a city park. It's probably five minutes away and they do a winter winter trout stocking program, which is something that's really cool. A lot of these uh, cities have teamed up with the Department of Conservation and they do a trout stocking program over the winter. It's typically from November to February is catch and release only. And then after February, it's catch and keep. But trout are one of those species that really thrive in colder water. A lot of your more common species, such as bass, crappie, bluegill, and catfish, they really slow down. But the trout, has a tolerance for cold water and actually they enjoy it. So these trout that are stocked in these local city parks are great game this time of year. They're a lot of fun. They're, they're usually pretty cooperative and I may have snuck away one or two Christmases just for an hour or so, but uh, typically no, it's typically, it's just a family day and um, there's plenty to do. There's plenty of food and plenty of family time. So I'm pretty content with just hanging out with the family on Christmas day. That, that sounds good. Maybe this Christmas you can get away just to kind of get that little peace and quiet that Christmas sometimes can offer. And I know a lot of people that fish and hunt and it's like when they're out on the water or out in out in the woods, it's just a good time to get your mind right. Get that de-stress and that relaxing going on. So Gabe, I really appreciate you uh, joining us here letting us know about the the importance of getting those trees recycled and giving us some uh, shopping hints for fishermen, friends and family and and sharing your stories. Yeah. It's, I really enjoyed this. It's great. I really like what you're doing. Um, You know, best wishes to you guys over a Christmas holiday and you and your family. And this podcast is, is a good thing, man. It really is a good thing. So I really appreciate having me on there. It's been great. Well, I appreciate it. Let everybody know where they can find you and the 10 horse money at. Sure. Um, on Facebook, you can go to Gabe Montgomery Fishing or Ten Horse Monty. On Instagram, it's Ten Horse Monty Six, and on the YouTube's, it's the Ten Horse Monty. I have a live stream. Me and a buddy of mine, Greg, do a live stream on Monday nights at seven thirty Central. So if you want to jump on that and just kind of get a feel for what's going on, we we typically have a special guest. It could be. Um, a local fisherman in the community that's done really good in tournaments. It could be a national guest who's a touring professional fisherman out on the big circuit. Um, Or it can be just me and Greg talking about um, local conditions and fishing trips, but that's Monday night, seven 30 central. And I typically drop content on Wednesdays and Fridays early in the morning. So if you guys are looking for some local fishing stuff, please uh, come check me out. 
Absolutely. Well, it's a great channel. Gabe does a fantastic job putting his videos together. There will be links, like I said, in the show notes and on my website, christmasclatterpodcast.com. So for you that are not available to write it down, you'll just be a tap, tap away from Gabe and the 10 horse money. Thanks so much, Gabe. And you guys have a Merry Christmas. It was a cold, bleak Christmas. No lights, no gifts, no music, no joy. Alfred kicked rocks down the gray, snowy sidewalk, wishing he was anywhere but here, wishing it was any day but Christmas. Alfred had had many joyous Christmases, full of love and family. However, those were a fading memory. He couldn't even remember the last time he'd seen or heard of anyone having a grand Christmas. The event that changed Christmas is taboo and isn't talked about ever. Just know Christmas is still on the calendar, but no longer settles in men's and women's hearts. Alfred continued lining up rocks and watching them sink into the snowbanks. One particular rock was nice and large, It would have a satisfying thump when it hit the snow. Alfred carefully lined up his foot to the rock and gave it a solid strike. The rock sailed. Alfred anticipated a thump. Ah! The rock's thump was drowned out by a scream from the brownstone to Alfred's immediate left. Alfred was a jaded man, yet he still was a good man. He raced towards the scream, to offer help. Ah! The screaming continued. Alfred frantically knocked on the door, hoping everything was okay. The door cracked open. Yes? And a soft voice questioned a young mother, who was overpowered by the exclamations of, He came! He came! He came! I I heard screaming and thought someone needed help, Alfred said with a startle. The young mother smiled and chuckled. I'm sorry. It's just my daughter's excitement. Santa Claus came last night, you know. Santa? I haven't heard that name in years, Alfred replied. Oh my. Come in from the cold and warm up, offered the mother. Alfred eager to warm up, yet not wanting to impose. Ma'am, you don't know me. Yes, sir. You were willing to run towards a stranger's house when you thought there was an emergency. That's all I need to know. Alfred stepped into the old brownstone. A small but warm fire provided comfort in the main room. There was a small evergreen in the corner, only decorated with red paper links. And some whatnot figures of red and green elves. You're celebrating Christmas? Alfred asked. Oh, why, yes. We love Christmas. Alfred sat on the end of the couch closest to the fire and watched a girl of about eight years old and her brother of about twelve play with some modest handmade wooden toys. I didn't think anybody celebrated Christmas anymore, Alfred said, as memories of Christmas's past flooded his mind. Do you remember Christmas before, you know, Before things changed, inquired the mother. Yes, said Alfred. What were they like? Alfred took a deep breath. I don't know if I can do them justice. 
Please. Things were so different then. Okay. Okay. Where to begin? Alfred started telling a story. After story. After story of Christmases long ago. They all laughed. They all cried. As he kept reminiscing, the memories kept coming clearer. Hours flew by as Alfred told of his family's old traditions and the grand Christmas trees with electric lights, presents wrapped in beautiful paper, and the glut of food. It was about the four o'clock hour when Alfred realized he needed to get home. Winding up his stories, Alfred said, Christmas will never be like that again. No, said the young mother, but Christmas will always be grand if we decide to make it grand. Alfred was a good man, but jaded. He gave a shrug and a half smile. Walking away, Alfred said, Christmas now belongs to Mount Crumpet. Thank you for listening to What If the Grinch Really Stole Christmas. Thank you for listening to Christmas Clatter. Please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Join us on Facebook and Instagram at Christmas Clatter Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Clatter Podcast. Send us an email at christmasclatterpodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at christmasclatterpodcast.com. And as always, remember to keep Christmas hope alive every day. Thank you for listening to the Christmas Podcast Network.